0: Hello, regular Drews. Hello. Welcome to special episode number 15. It's a Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy super mystery, Shockwaves.
1: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
0: We sure hope so. And we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to regular Nancy Drew. This, so this was published in 1989. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a lot more information about the ghostwriters for the Hardy Boys File series. And subsequently, the, Hardy, the Institute and Hardy Boys Super Mysteries books. And so this one was actually ghostwritten by Peter Lorangus, who is actually kind of like a well-known author now. Really? Yes. So he he's like most famous for his like Seven Wonders series. It's like a I want to say it's like an adventure series for it's like a kid series. Okay, but he's like, he's like been on the New York times bestseller list. He's like won awards. Yeah. So the nice. person who wrote this is like legit. Cool. <laughs> Good for you. would you say? His name is Peter. Peter Lurankus. Good for you, Peter. How you pronounce it. And so if, if we're to go by the publication date of this book, then this either happens right before or right after Needs Drew Files number 34, The Vanishing mm-hmm. Act. Um, and it was a few months um, before the suspect next door. So this happened direct, almost directly before the suspect next door, which is the what one that that. Yeah. Isn't
1: that crazy? So we're just slightly out of order here mm-hmm. on accident.
0: Cool. And so, yeah. So obviously, this is the series that like is supposed to happen in like similar timeline and similar world as the Need to Drew files and the like. Hardy the Boys equivalent. Yes, Hardy Boys case files. Mm-hmm. And for Hardy Boys timeline, this would happen. I think right around number twenty-six. Trouble in the pipeline. So. Okay. Just for your own edification, if you are uh, reading those series or have read those series, is that's canonically when this when this would be. So
1: that's so cool! Oh there my goodness. goodness! What'd you think, Corey? It was a great one. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so it's a little bit longer than most other books around the same time. It is twenty five chapters, where the other files that we've seen have been like seventeen, eighteen chapters on average, I think. So. There's a lot of story to it, is basically what I'm trying to say. The first like third of the story, it almost seemed like a little bit too much. There's just a lot going on and trying to figure out who's who and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Middle third of the story, absolutely loved. And then the last third is like, all right, did not expect it to go there, but I, I'm okay with where it went because it turned out really good. So
0: mm-hmm. what about you? I... Just love it. I just love it. I just love mm. Frank and Joe. I love Frank yes. and Joe's relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. I like the way that they interact with other people. I just I just have so much to say about Frank and Nancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But like I almost can't even talk about this book without just like absolutely like just my heart just bursting out of my chest. But um, no, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. There's and and just the fact that this book takes place in South Padre, right? Which like I've never been to South Padre, but like I've me been either. to Texas beaches and I just the vibe is just totally on on point. Oh yes,
1: absolutely. I love me a good beach and this was
0: yeah. everything I wanted. <laughs> and like the <laughs> Well, there's, there is some stuff I have to say about it, but like, it seems like whoever wrote this, well, Peter, Peter Lorangus really, or whatever editor or whoever uh, figured out some of the information for this book, whatever fact checker really got their facts straight because a lot of, it's very accurate. It's like very accurate as far as like the geography goes, as far as like the history goes, they kind of talk about uh, Jean Lafitte, the pirate who,
1: pirate right. treasure on a <laughs> beach i was eating it up oh my yes! gosh
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so so yes loved it loved it amazing 100 percent. great 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 book this is what <laughs> ransom
1: of the seven ships should have been
0: totally oh my god mm-hmm. can you imagine the I hardy know. boys in ransom of the seven ships that would have been amazing right. going on a treasure home with nancy they would have eaten that up
1: Yes. Oh so good. So good. So I do have to say,
0: and they kind of talk about this in the book, but also I just feel like I have to say it before we get into all of it as well. That one of the and I guess this is I guess this is a spoiler for the Hardy Boys case file series, but the very the very first thing that we learn is that Joe Hardy's girlfriend was in the first Hardy Boys case file book, was blown up by terrorists. Yes, I and... had to look this up as well. And Joe now carries around the melted keys to her car from that explosion as, like, a memento of her life.
1: And... <laughs> the only thing he has to remember her by, he says. Oh. oh. Yikes. But
0: so... I just have to just tell that to everybody straight off the bat because one, it plays an important role in this story. And two, Mm -hmm. you just need to know that you just need to know that for your own edification that Joe Hardy carries around the uh, melted keys from his girlfriend's car bombing. Um, So that killed, yeah, that killed her in the first book in that series, Mm -hmm. in the first book in that series. So, I mean, Whenever we move on to Hardy Boys books, we have got to read the Hardy oh, Boys yes. files because they sound so freaking intense.
1: So I had to I had to look it up because I was like, "Is this is this I've really? really? never <laughs> even heard of this girlfriend? What's her name? Iola? Iola? Yeah. Iola? Like I've never heard of Iola. I'd heard of Frank's girlfriend, mm-hmm. it, but Callie, not her. Yeah, Callie. So I was like." Is this real? And apparently she's only in, like you said, the one. And then they bring her back as like a they like it's not her, but they like the the terrorists get some other girl that kind of (gasps) looks like her and like gives her plastic surgery to (gasps) make Joe think that it's his girlfriend, like come back to life. Yeah. And so they have to like rescue this other girl that's not his girlfriend that that's been like made to look like her. Okay. And it's like this whole so it's like she is featured in this one book, but it's really not actually her. And it's just this psychological torture on Joe. Oh
0: my god. Stop the presses. We have to read this
1: immediately. Oh my god. Uh, what was going on in the 80s? <laughs> wow. Wow. They got really creative with their murder of women. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> I just have to say though, I mean, the amount of different places that these stories can go is truly, <laughs> it could truly be anywhere yeah there there are no limits to Mm -hmm. nancy drew and the hardy boys there are no limits it's amazing (laughs) so i guess okay so
1: three words for
0: shockwaves pirates pirates spring break yes
1: Uh, condo robberies
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess yeah i guess robberies
1: thieves sheisty people yes <laughs> I mean, it just it's it's just the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Everything you would expect to go along with that: <laughs> pirates, spring break, shiesty people, the Gulf of Mexico. That's so true. Oh my god, <laughs> I want to go to South Padre now. Oh, hilarious! Okay, alrighty. Do we want to move on to our summary then? Sure. I do
0: have to say my summary notes for this are all over the place because just so much happens a lot. in this book and it's all so like distracting that I'm sure I'm sure I missed something important. So I'm sure, sure i did. skip over some important things. So
1: this first chapter was a little confusing because they mm. introduce all these people and yes. don't just like straight away say who they are, or how Nancy yes. knows them or what they're doing. But the gist of it is that Nancy is going to South Padre Island in Texas to visit her old summer camp friend, Mercedes, for spring break. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of other people there that I'm not sure if they were also camp friends or if they're just friends of Mercedes's that are also in town
0: yes i think they're supposed to just be friends of mercedes who are also in town okay kristen and claire they're not really massively important but like the biggest most important people that we meet when nancy arrives at the airport (laughs) is buck
1: who is Mercedes' boyfriend I couldn't figure out if Ned knows him, if they were also friends or if it just so happens like, oh, know. we know a male that you can stay with when you get here. Because Yeah,
0: I think okay. it must be that they, they were all just friends of Mercedes. And because Nancy is friends with Mercedes, the boys get to stay with Buck, who is Mercedes'
1: boyfriend. She's arranged to stay yes. with them. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. Um, okay. And yes, yeah, so yeah, we also see Ned, uh, Frank, and Joe uh, all there already. Buck drives up to the airport in this like white Bronco, I think, or yeah. something. It's like some convertible and it plays. What does it play when he honks the horn? Um, oh oh, hold on, it plays. Oh, oh, the um,
1: Yellow Rose of Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or was he just honking? The, oh, like, maybe, out. maybe. I th- I just, I thought. <laughs> That's way better. I think <laughs> the car is just, let's just say that the car is programmed to beef <laughs> <Aldi> out <on> the roast. <laughs> but uh, I love how they present all things Texas as well. They explain to you what fajitas are, you know, all, just a lot of fun Auntie stuff. Nancy doesn't
0: know what fajitas are. She's like, oh, what are those sizzling
1: plates of meat? <laughs> and Mercedes is like, those are fajitas, Nancy. <laughs> Throw back to Shadow Ranch when tacos was in italics. <laughs> Apparently, Nancy is just just doesn't, has never had
0: Mexican food in her life. <laughs> Apparently not. Anyway, yeah. So they get to, I almost said Galveston, they get to South Padre. <laughs> and um, very, like right off the bat, we kind of get this vibe that Buck, is interested in nancy he Mm -hmm. gives her like a look and like everybody notices it and it's like very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then they like go back to the girls go to mercedes's condo where they're staying and ned frank and joe go with buck to his house he has like a whole like house situation Mm -hmm. um, which we'll have to talk about also and Buck asks Joe about Nancy and Joe's like, oh, oh yeah. And Nancy goes out with Ned and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, bro. You know, didn't, I didn't know. And Ned's like, no worries. But now
1: that I know I'm going to go after her. Even <laughs> harder. Yeah. In like a big <sighs> way, in a <sighs> big way. Ugh, yeah. I have, yeah. I have a lot to say about this later.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, And so and pretty much we also just find out that Buck is just a player. He apparently mm-hmm. Because he, he says this to Joe too, because Joe says, Well, I thought you were going out with Mercedes. Why are you asking about Nancy? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, yeah, you know, we go out, but there are girls everywhere here. And like, you, basically, like, there's too many girls for me not to play the field, basically. That's what it's he's almost saying. like they're half the
1: population or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so this is when we find we, we learn about Joe's keys for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's this very intense moment. Joe brings out this bag from his suitcase and Buck's like, what's in that fancy bag? And he's like, the melted keys of my dead girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And Buck's like, oh, um, do you want me to keep those safe for you? And Joe's like, okay, I guess, sure. And so he puts them in like a hidden drawer in his closet where he keeps his valuables. Well, no. they,
1: um, they've they decided that they're all – well, Bess and Claire, I think, have decided that they're going to go shopping, but Nancy wants to get in the water as soon as possible, so right. they're all going to go diving, and they're about to leave, and Buck is like, well, I'll lock them away in my safe in my closet so that we know that they're safe while we're out at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just, like, on their way out and put it in – I I thought it was a safe, but it's, like, I, in it's his closet. It's a hidden
0: drawer. It doesn't say that oh. it's locked. Yeah. At first, when I read through it the first time, I just thought it was like a dresser. Like he just opened a dresser drawer and put it in there. But when I looked at it again, it was like hidden drawer in his closet. Okay, so then so, it wasn't
1: a safe. I thought maybe I don't it was think like it's
0: locked. Yeah, a drawer yeah. with
1: a safe in it, but he also like puts his watch in there or something, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. some other valuables, and then the keys in this nice bag that Joe has.
0: Yeah, and um, also it's important to note at this point too that over in Mercedes's condo, Claire is talking to Beth about going shopping, and she says she has this beautiful diamond bracelet that she wants to like find an outfit to wear with it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're going shopping. Just oh, okay. make a little note about the diamond bracelet. So, yeah. So then they go scuba diving. They go to Roy's Aquatic World, um, where I guess they rent equipment to go scuba diving. Meet mm-hmm. Roy, who is the owner of Roy's Aquatic World. Go figure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they go ahead and get out on the water. And then they hear, like, this distant thunderclap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh buck is just like oh don't worry here in south padre we don't worry about the storms and this they're right on top of us that's hours away and then the storm arrives within like five minutes and Buck yeah. decides that they're all gonna pair up and go scuba diving in teams and nancy's his partner so he right. grabs nancy and they jump in the water together mm-hmm.
0: but he like takes off and he right. does not stick with nancy at all and nancy is like what is going on like you literally just told us like buddy up so that we would stick together with our buddy and he like takes off so nancy like swims after him quickly to find him and finds a shipwreck just of like an old pirate looking ship Mm -hmm. and buck is like nowhere to be seen so she swims around this shipwreck and then suddenly she sees buck inside of the shipwreck and he's like freaking out and he mm-hmm. like tries to like squeeze out of the porthole or something and then she realizes that his breathing tube has a hole in it and so he's freaking out because he he can't get air and so she takes her spare mouthpiece from her own diving equipment and gives it to him and is able to get him out of the shipwreck and up to the surface where he says he saw a dead body in the sh- <gasps> dun 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 But we don't get, yeah, we don't
1: get very long to dwell on that. (laughs) (laughs) The water turns dark, the sky just opens up, starts raining on them, and they decide that they do need to go back to the beach. Um, The rest of them meet up with them and start teasing Buck about this. They don't really believe that he actually saw a body down there. He must have just been panicking and seen what he wanted to see, basically.
0: Right, and the only people who just kind of, they still, they don't mention anything about it, but like Nancy makes a point to like clock joe and frank mm-hmm. and they all kind of like make like significant eye contact it seems and it's like okay well some of us are taking so this seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's great so um let's see Yeah, okay so they yeah they get back to roy's aquatic world and roy is gone so they give everything back to his assistant and <laughs> buck's like oh you know last one to party at my beach house And Nancy is already, like, done changing, but Mercedes and Ned are still, like, you know, getting out of their wetsuits or whatever. And Buck's like, come on, hurry up. And Buck's like, just come with us, Nancy. Just get in the the car with Frank and Joe and Buck.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And she's like, okay, you know, the others will be right behind us. No big deal, whatever. And then as she goes to, like, get into Buck's car, he's like, jump in. And so she, like, literally goes to, like, jump into the car. And as she does, he, like lifts her up by the waist Mm -hmm. like help her her into the car and who sees this but mercedes buck's girlfriend and nancy's like ooh,
1: bad moment (laughs) yuck don't Uh, worry it gets worse though yeah Yeah. it's much worse in a minute
0: yeah so they get back to um buck's house and his door is open they're like that's Mm -hmm. weird um and so as they poke their heads in Suddenly two dark figures run off through the back door. And there is this like massive chase scene. Um, We love a chase scene, but they get away. And we find out that they were two burglars who took Buck's watch and Iola's melted keys.
1: Joe is heartbroken.
0: He really is. He is like devastated. Um, It's actually really sad. (laughs) Yeah, he's upset. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, don't worry, don't worry joe we'll you know we'll find your keys um and then they go to dinner <laughs> they just let that go i guess but joe but you know you got to eat um joe is like depressed mm-hmm. and he's like he doesn't want to eat anything and nancy asks what fajitas
1: are
0: yeah um and they meet uh their waitress named taryn quinn She's a
1: friend of Mercedes, or they know each other already, and she sees Joe all sad, and mm-hmm. they kind of tell her everything that happened that day about the burglary and seeing the dead body in the water.
0: Mm-hmm. And we also make a note of Taryn has this beautiful antique gold necklace. Um, Nancy comments on it, or I think maybe best comments on it, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it looks kind of like an old coin, mm-hmm. almost. Like honestly. an old pirate coin. Honestly, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and, but that's, uh, that's our dinner. Um, and then the next day, everyone's playing beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. There is an intense Ned and Nancy moment where they, like, Ned feigns an injury. And Nancy goes over hit to him, like, all concerned. He, like, tackles her, like, on the mm-hmm. ground. And then they, like, make out in the sand in the middle of the volleyball <sighs> pit.
1: <laughs> and everyone starts cheering. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. Ooh!
0: Corey, do you remember what it was like to be 18? Mm. <laughs> Would you made well. out in the sand in the middle of a volleyball pit with your boyfriend?
1: <laughs> but mortified, especially with the cheering. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Oh. But anyway, they are interrupted from their passionate embrace when they hear a cry for help in the distance. Mm-hmm. And, um, we are like, Oh, that's Buck. That's Buck yelling for help. And mm-hmm. it's coming from the water. So we run to the water and we see Buck almost like drowning, yelling for help, being surrounded by, he yells Portuguese men of war, which is a type of jellyfish. Right. And so Nancy, uh, Ned and Frank get a boat nearby boat and row out and rescue him from these Portuguese men of war. Mm-hmm. But he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> He also says he felt a hand. He describes the situation as being very strange and mm-hmm. like he was just floating and he and Mercedes got gotten a fight and she swam back to shore. And so he was just trying to cool off in the water after their fight. And yeah, he's just floating out there and then suddenly he feels like a hand on his foot and he like
1: freaks out. I not know to this as well. Cause they don't really explain no, what that, that was. I think they are just supposed him. to assume it was a jellyfish and it just felt like a hand. Maybe it just brushed a tentacle, but
0: yeah yeah anyway so he has to go to the hospital because he is like i guess pretty terribly stung from these jellyfish but he doesn't take it very seriously he never takes any of his injuries very seriously and he's just like oh i'm gonna get out of here in you know in a day or whatever
1: Mm -hmm. but he does kiss nancy on the cheek though Mm -hmm. out of gratitude for quote-unquote saving his life even Mm -hmm. though frank and joe did most of the work there but whatever that was weird
0: And, of course, Mercedes sees it. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) it's not happy about that. Uh, Anyway, so the next day, they decide that um, they need to go check out the shipwreck again because at least Nancy, Frank, and Jill are all like, well, he said he saw a dead body. Maybe we should investigate (laughs) that a little bit more. So they go back to shipwreck. No body. They don't see anything. But they dig around on the bottom, and Joe finds – a solid gold coin. It looks like a pirate coin.
1: <gasps> Ooh, Another pirate what? coin. So they talked to Roy from the the boat rental place or the scuba rental place, whatever it is. And Roy starts telling them that Jean Lafitte, the infamous pirate who lived in Galveston, but kind of made his way all around the Gulf. Oh no, no, he did live in Galveston. He he lived in Galveston, but but he kind of made his way up and down the Gulf. And so I think he was in South Padre for a good period of time and he was just kind of back and forth. And I looked this up to make sure that it was real. That is, that is real. He did actually live in South Padre or visited South Padre a lot. I don't know if he like had a house there like he did in Galveston, but
0: Yeah,
1: Roy starts telling them that supposedly rumor is that he buried some or all of his treasure um, somewhere on South Padres beaches and he left a rock what did he scribble a note in the dig rock deeper. Like, dig deeper and then mm-hmm. stuck it like six feet under the sand or something so yeah. that's the, the rumor and pirate challenges treasure. people to, to go find it so Love it so much. And this
0: immediately helps out our poor Joe. He's like, okay, great pirate treasure. This is this is what I live for. Forget about Iola's keys. They're gone. Not gonna bring Iola back. We have to find
1: those treasures. Right. (laughs)
0: Let's get this bread, everybody. And so that helps distract Joe.
1: And let's see. Then they go back to the beach, right? To meet up with Bess and George and Claire.
0: So, first, we saw, okay, where did the cigarette boat come in? That's not until they're going to dinner, isn't it? Well, I have a down that they go to a bunch of different boat rental places and trying to find the cigarette boat. But when, oh, the burglar. So, on their, when they um, chased the burglars out of Buck's house, they escaped, the burglars escaped on a cigarette boat. Mm-hmm that's what that was so then they went to go look and find try to find the cigarette boat but basically all of them are like yeah sorry cigarette boats are really popular in this area we rent them out all the time there's no way to know who it was that rented this particular cigarette boat right
1: so then yes they go back to the beach yes and they meet up with Bess and george and mercedes's friend claire Claire starts talking about how she'd actually recently been on a date with one of the lifeguards that worked at this beach, but she thought it was kind of fishy because he essentially like ghosted her after their first time meeting. So she hasn't seen him. There's a new lifeguard there now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mercedes also went out with this lifeguard, too. Seems like everybody's dated this lifeguard whose name is Bruce, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) So the next morning, Nancy wakes up and then suddenly Claire runs down the hall of this condo building and says that her diamond bracelet has been stolen. It was in a secret compartment of her jewelry box and that's missing along with savings bonds, two necklaces. Apparently she had like a lot of a lot of valuable stuff in that jewelry box. And Claire is like freaked out about it. And so she asked
1: Nancy for help. And of course, Nancy says that she will try to find Claire's missing stuff. I think then we switch perspectives a little bit. Some of this book mm. is from kind of Nancy's perspective. Some of it's kind of from the Hardy Boys. I think this is when we kind of switch over to the Hardy yeah. Boys. when we. Uh, Is Frank on the beach and he's talking to some guy? Yes. He's talking to. uh,
0: Yeah. So he's trying to find out if someone has something against Buck Mm -hmm. because he has this theory that Portuguese men of war. It's like not common to see them like in groups like that, um, especially like this early in the year Mm -hmm. like typically they are there in the some of the you can see them in the fall but like not in like big clumps like that so he's just like really weird it's it's a really weird situation he thinks well maybe someone has it out for buck um and so he talks to this guy named rupert cranston and he is apparently the son of like another cranston or something and he tells us that there is like this feud between the cranstons and the Buchanans mm-hmm. and both of their families are like from oil like from oil money mm-hmm. and it's like this big oil feud basically like dallas have you ever seen the show dallas it's like dallas but in south padre <laughs> or i guess it could literally be they could be from dallas which
1: is half a house in south padre maybe i haven't seen the show <laughs> i mean this is about the right era
0: yeah it totally is Mm -hmm. it totally is um it's like an old soap opera guys if 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 you've never heard of it like set in texas it's very dramatic so that would be so funny if it was just supposed to be like this inside joke about the tv show dallas (laughs) and and buck buchanan is supposed to be like one of the people that's that's so funny Um, But yeah, so he says there's like this feud between their families and he actually likes Buck. They were friends in school, but um, his dad, Cord Buchanan, is like not a good guy. And he has apparently cheated out, cheated a lot of like local business owners out of property. And he specifically mentions Abe Quinones, who is the owner of Abe's Bait and Tackle, and that he swindled him out of some money somehow.
1: Well, we, we also like, learned that Rupert owns like a lot of weird exotic animals as well. He <laughs> yeah, collected for some reason.
0: He gives them his like business card, which says like um, "owner of exotic animals" and like "tech wizard" or so- something hilarious. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they go to find Abe's store. Um. And they pretend to be student reporters to like ask him about Cord Buchanan, mm-hmm. Buck's dad um and he at first he's like no like i'm not going to tell you anything like anything i tell you like you couldn't print because it's so terrible and um <laughs> but they basically talk him into it and he tells them that he sold uh land to Cord Buchanan that then like very quickly after became super lucrative mm-hmm. he would have made millions of dollars if he had held on to this property a little bit longer because, but the reason why he sold it was because like he was down on his luck, he had gotten involved with alcohol, whatever, and mm-hmm. he basically just really needed the money. And Cord Buchanan comes in with this deal that seemed to be really great and offered him like, free rent for five years on that land. And so he took the money and now he regrets it. But He still says he's doing okay now and he doesn't, you know, he's not bitter or anything and that his daughter is doing well, his family is doing well. So he, you know, he's not, um, he's not bitter, basically. Right, right. Yeah.
1: Then Joe gets into a jet ski crash. Yes, he borrows Buck's (laughs) jet ski and almost immediately crashes it. But he's able to
0: jump off before he crashes it. But he gets off and he says, like, he just couldn't control it for some reason. It was really bizarre. He couldn't, like, turn or anything. So they have to go tell Buck about this crash jet ski in the hospital. And Buck's very nice about it. And he's like, don't worry. You know, you don't have to pay me back or anything. Mm-hmm. But then Buck creepily asks Nancy to, like, adjust his bed and, like, get him water and stuff in the mm-hmm. hospital. And I do not like the way Nancy complies so sweetly it's very creepy it's a creepy moment and so after that mercedes it's like visiting hours are over and mercedes was there and so as they're leaving mercedes is like hey nancy you come with me we need to have a one-on-one girl talk you
1: ride in my car back to the house
0: at this moment we're like oh shit (laughs) like mercedes is going to murder us in this car ride but it's actually a really great conversation Mm -hmm. um I was like so impressed when they had this conversation I was like thank god it's not gonna be some like stupid like girl jealousy drama like they got it out in the open Nancy was like no I am 100% not interested in Buck all of this attention like I don't know why he like he's doing this and Mercedes is like okay yeah cool I believe you, you know, I don't understand why Buck does this either. It's so hard to know, like if he's interested in me, if he's not interested in me right. and they're basically, they end the conversation like on the same page and it's like, Oh man, that's, right. you know, the yeah. conversation. it's pretty great. It is pretty great. Yeah. Um, they stop for ice cream. Oh yeah. Yeah. They stop for ice cream. And when they do um, Rupert is there, the guy, Frank, uh introduced us to on the beach mm-hmm. and he's there with his friends and one of the his friends mentions his portuguese men of war collection missing. i guess um and yeah and rupert says oh yeah i don't have those anymore but i don't want to talk about it
1: mm. <laughs> what happened rupert
0: fascinating mm. fascinating so the next day buck says nancy a lot of flowers why? Right. Why, Buck? Um, and then as they're like looking at these flowers, suddenly there is a scream from Jennifer's condo across the hall. I guess Jennifer is uh, just someone who lives at this condominium. And she has also been robbed. Right. And so we talked to Jennifer a little bit. And we find out that Jennifer um, had told Bruce, the lifeguard, about her wall safe. Um, and so now a little bit more of a picture is starting to form about who can be responsible for these robberies, because Bruce right. seems to have dated just about everyone who has been
1: robbed. Right. And then ghosted all of them. Right, 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 right. So we go
0: to dinner. Mm-hmm.
1: And they decide that they're going to take two cars, obviously, because there's 8000 people on this spring break trip.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Nancy is in the Jeep with Ned and Mercedes and Buck, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly there is an explosion off in the distance that Nancy notices. And then there is a, an explosion directly beneath it. That's how they described this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which was confusing to me, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But and then suddenly they start to lose control of this car. Um, I think Buck is driving and mm-hmm. he... You know, the car starts like careening towards this 30 foot drop off into the water because
1: mm-hmm. yeah, they're going over a bridge. Did we say that right? Yeah, 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 the because they're going to Port Isabel, right, for dinner? Yeah, Sorry, to, you to a,
0: no, I didn't, but to a restaurant where apparently they're like singing, waiters, it seemed like an amazing restaurant, but oh, yeah. It's it's like themed. It's like a theme restaurant or something. It sounded amazing. And I wish I remembered what it was so I could tell you. But anyway. yeah. But luckily, they are saved by Frank Hardy. I mean, are we not all saved by Frank Hardy right. every day of our lives? But he is able to, like, wedge his car or, like, stop them from going over the, you know, the bridge, side of the mm-hmm. bridge, by wedging his car in between their car and the side of the bridge.
1: Right. Woo.
0: Go Very frank. Heroic,
1: right? Yes. we do see a cigarette boat speeding away from the bridge though. So mm-hmm. I guess presumably they were shooting and like shot out one of the tires or something. And that yeah. would explain Buck's difficulty to keep it on track.
0: Yeah. That's the conclusion that Nancy comes to. She's like, oh, I know what happened. I saw an explosion, quote unquote, over there and then the tire blew. So mm-hmm. someone shot out our tire basically right. from that cigarette boat. And they tell the police this because the police drive up and, you know, help them with the accident or whatever. And the police do not believe them. No. (laughs) They're like, yeah, okay. Well, a popped tire can
1: sound like a gunshot. So you probably just popped your tire. Right. (laughs) Y'all are fine. Go on to dinner. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so then at dinner, Nancy tells everyone about Rupert Granson and his Portuguese men of war and her theory that someone is after Buck, which I thought was kind of like rude of Nancy because it's like Frank had this theory before you had this theory, Nancy. (laughs) Um, But she kind of claims it as her own. Anyway, but Buck totally brushes it off he's like, yeah, whatever. Or, you know, like, it's just crazy coincidences, man. Everything's going to be fine. This is spring break. We should all be having fun. Mm -hmm. I know. Let's go have a bonfire on the beach tonight so everybody can chill out and relax. Uh, So they go do that. And then, oh, it's like a weird scene. Bess and George and Mercedes are singing softly on uh, on the beach. And um, Ned and Nancy are cuddled on their um beach towel and then suddenly Frank sees off in the distance two guys in a dune buggy. Right. Like at the top of a sand dune. Right. And um, but then they disappear and then they come back with a shotgun. Right.
1: And like somebody in the group is just like, oh well, you know, if they want our beach spot, they're gonna have to go find another one because we were here first. And Nancy sees this as well, and she's like I'm not going to alert anybody, but I am going to go talk to the Hardy boys because I can see what they're seeing right now. And I know that this is probably not a great situation. So Nancy and the Hardy boys kind of, kind of go off to one side to discuss what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. They also tell Ned and Ned helps out as well. Mm. Um, I guess, cause Nancy is with Ned. Right. Um, and Frank takes Buck's hat. That's just lying on the sand. And he tells the others to, as soon as he's gone to get the, The rest of everybody else off the beach and somewhere safe he is going to try to like distract these people and make them chase him while everybody else gets to safety lure them away from everybody else yeah so he like runs to the parking lot um pretending to be buck and nancy follows
1: this is such an intense scene
0: yeah (laughs) there is a super intense chase scene another chase scene but it's like They both get into Buck's rented car, and they try to, like, drive it on the sand. The car gets stuck. People in the dune buggy are chasing them. They have to, like, split up to, like, try to distract them. And, you know, Frank goes one way, and Nancy goes the other. And then they hear – Nancy hears a gunshot Mm -hmm. go off. And so she – runs back to the beach and she sees the stuffed sand or she sees a, uh, basically a bush she thinks is Frank's body mm-hmm. on the beach with the hat on it and so she freaks out but as she runs up she realizes that it's actually a dummy that has been made out of sand
1: that Frank put his clothes on. Right Frank took all of his clothes off <laughs> stuffed it with sand and made it look like he was like laying in the sand with the hat over his face <laughs> and the bad guys in the dune buggy drive up shoot the dummy i guess and then drive away Mm
0: -hmm. but nancy is very happy to see frank alive and Mm -hmm. safe in his
1: underwear and um then the next day (laughs) well then uh, a dark figure comes up and they're like oh gosh we gotta run away again but then it's just Ned; it's okay and he's come back to to get them and then they're fine they go home uh-huh just
0: comes up to frank and nancy on the beach and frank's in his underwear and
1: everything's fine (laughs) Nancy's spooning over him. So happy to see him alive. Oh, my God.
0: Okay. Anyway. So, yeah. Next day, they're at the beach. um, And Taryn, they see Taryn, the waitress from Just Banditos, come up. And she's got this weird look on her face for a second when she sees them. And it's like, "Hmm, that was weird. Um, But she comes up and she says hi to everyone. And she
1: flirts with Frank. Mm -hmm. And Nancy gets so jealous so jealous that she almost like considers telling gosh i just forgot her name that he has a girlfriend right yeah saying like hey you watch out because you have a girlfriend you shouldn't be acting like this and then she's like Uh wait no i guess i don't really have a right to say this because i have ned and i don't really need to invoke callie's name when she's not even here so oh my god nancy Uh,
0: it's intense But so Taryn also tells them about they're like talking about the robberies and everything. And Taryn tells them about Ed Doherty, who has this van where he like buys a bunch of stuff, apparently from just like odds and ends from wherever he can find it. And he does describe sometimes the things that he has as having, quote unquote, fallen off a truck. Right. Um, So it's kind of implied the stuff that Ed has is stolen. Right. Um, So they go to look for him, but they can't find him. (laughs) but they do see they're like down the beach they had followed terrence instructions like where they thought he was down the beach and they find like a bunch of stuff dumped in the beach and they guess like oh he must have dumped the stuff that he didn't want on the beach which first of all littering right second of all weird anyway they find it and there are a bunch of keys there Hmm. they're like oh so they do some digging they dig in the sand and they don't find iola's keys unfortunately what they do find is an unexploded artillery shell
1: right well what what oh no they find the rock and then that's underneath it
0: oh dig deeper that's yeah, right so they're digging like right. for
1: these keys they see a rock and it says dig deeper and joe is like Oh my gosh, we found Jean Lafitte's, treasure. You found Jean he's Jean Lafitte's like treasure. obsessed with finding it, so they decide, okay, we got to dig deeper obviously. So all of them get to work to digging deeper and they're like, "Oh, we we found there's this metal thing." And Nancy's like, "Well, wait, why is it why is it so round? Why is it that shape and that size?" And Frank's like, "Oh. <laughs> this is an artillery shell." Yeah.
0: And so Frank's like, "Everybody get the fuck away. Get back. Without get back." Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to defuse this bomb. Because <laughs> apparently that's a skill that Frank has. So I've decided course, we Christ. need to keep a list of Nancy Drew skills and Frank Hardy skills. Yes. And the very first thing I'm putting on Frank Hardy's skill list is bomb defusal, I guess. Is that a word? Diffusal? Yeah. Diffusing? Diffusing? Bomb diffuser. Sure. That's, what, that's what I meant to say. Um... So he is, like, starting to, I guess, work on this artillery shell. However, you would do that with no tools whatsoever on a beach in your swimsuit. Right. I don't know, but he tries. But then Buck suddenly comes running up and is like, dude, what are you doing? And, like, yanks him away. Or does he, like, push the artillery shell or something? And Frank, like, (laughs) freaks out. He does something to
1: cause some sort of bump to the artillery shell. Mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. if he bumps Frank and then it causes Frank to bump it, or if he just tries to like throw himself in between Frank and the shell because he thinks he knows better than Frank. Either way, he, he does something and it makes Frank not too happy about it. He's like, Right, get but back. He... Look, we're all gonna die if you mess this up. Yeah.
0: But so they yeah, they bump the artillery shell and Frank is like, run. And so they like run, you know, mm. off the beach and luckily they're able to get off the beach
1: before the thing explodes it explodes right it takes a while yeah and Frank's is like he's bracing himself for death essentially he's like Mm -hmm. I do not have time to get away from this before it happens so thank goodness everybody else is away and so he just keeps running and then he ducks for cover and then it never explodes and they look back and they're like okay well we got lucky so let's let's really hightail it out of here and then it explodes so it does take a while but yes it does yeah and
0: everyone's like woo way to go Frank you did it (laughs) On Frank's leg. Like, um, I didn't, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is when like, it's like Buck and Nancy in.
1: Well, Frank is That's like, my... take Buck home because he's oh, right. just like a mess. Clearly his, his head's still traumatized or whatever from the jellyfish incident. So you take him home. Uh, and we'll get everybody else and, and we'll meet up with you later. And so Nancy takes Buck back to his house. And Buck starts getting, like, really excitable. He's decided that he's come up with this wonderful plan. He knows exactly how to catch the bad guys. And Nancy's like, all right, let's hear it. He goes, what if we use me as bait? And Nancy's like, okay, and then what? And he's like, that's it. We use me as bait. (laughs) Bada-bing, bada-boom, we got him. (laughs) Oh, Buck. Mystery solved. There we go. (laughs) And Nancy's like, "Mm -hmm." i don't know if that's the best plan maybe let's wait for everybody else to get back and then we'll we'll kind of discuss with everyone and we'll come up with a game plan together and buck's like nah i know what we need to do (laughs) um nancy doesn't want to like discourage him
0: though um one because he is really excited too because he's been through a lot at this point i guess he's still injured right (laughs) okay and so he like makes them a sandwich and gets a call and mercedes is gonna come over in a second and then he somehow he and nancy end up in an embrace yes
1: uh i don't remember exactly why i think he's just so proud of himself that he's come up with this brilliant master plan (laughs) and nancy's like yes okay let me hug you good job and then Mm -hmm. mercedes walks in and sees this oh my gosh just when we were in such a good place with mercedes
0: anyway she storms off and it's like oh dang she's probably really pissed and she
1: runs into ned on her way out and tells Mm -hmm. him her version of events and now ned's Mm -hmm. upset with us
0: Mm -hmm. yeah ned comes back to the condo or the buck's house i don't remember which and he and nancy get into like this massive fight where he's basically like you know yeah i just heard from mercedes and she's super pissed and so am i what are you doing nancy why are you hanging all over buck you need to make up your mind and nancy's like what are you talking about i'm not into buck i love you and you know just yeah it's such an interest just like such a familiar argument Mm -hmm. i don't I don't know if you remember maybe them having a similar argument, maybe in another book mm-hmm. where they maybe break up. Um, <laughs> but Ned is basically questioning Nancy's commitment and love for him. And Nancy's trying to reassure him, but he doesn't believe her. And <laughs> that's the fight. Right. So he leaves and Nancy's like, well, dang it. Like <laughs> I'm upset now. And so she goes to the beach to try to find the best in George
1: they they definitely do reassure her a little bit. They make her right. feel better. And eventually they go to dinner. Yeah, Nancy's like, let's go somewhere new. And Frank's like, you know, I would really like to go back to that place where Taryn works. So I'd like to see oh, Taryn yeah. again. And Nancy's <laughs> a little little jealous at that, of course. Uh, but they do go to dinner and there's more Frank flirting with Taryn. So Nancy mm-hmm. has to endure that all dinner
0: but she does so she is finally like okay uh, like i need to talk to ned this is getting out of hand or yeah. whatever she's like ned can we go outside and talk and he's like sure <laughs> <laughs> and so they go out back to talk and they make up um, and everything's fine between them and but then they see the jeep the the mercedes jeep just right. parked out on the sand and so they go over to
1: the Jeep and the door is open. And she wasn't with no. them at dinner. She was too upset with Nancy and Buck to go out to dinner with the group. So she stayed home. So she, mm-hmm. her Jeep should not be at the restaurant, but it's just kind of parked haphazardly over there.
0: The door is open and the keys are in the ignition and Mercedes is nowhere to be found. Scary. Very scary. Very concerning. Very concerning. So they go back to Mercedes' condo, and I think Claire is there. One of her friends is there. Maybe it might be Kristen. And she says, oh, yeah, she went to the restaurant just a little while ago to Dos Banditos. Right. And they're like, no. she wasn't there. That's weird. And so they have no idea where Mercedes is, and she's missing. So everybody freaks out at this point, and Nancy calls the police. And the police say they can't do anything for 48 hours, which I'm pretty sure is a myth. Mm -hmm. It's very much a myth. Uh, But the police won't. Um, They say, you know, it's spring break. She's probably just out having fun or whatever. But they're like, okay. And so Nancy calls uh, Mercedes's parents. And, of course, (laughs) this really upsets her parents. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you mean she's missing? I guess we'll come out there. You know, we'll look for her or whatever. And Nancy's like, no, no, no. We are going to look for her. We'll, we'll find her. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I promise. And so then it's like, okay, well, you got to find where Mercy is. cut out for Nancy. you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they go to sleep because everybody's like fried at this point. And maybe they are holding out hope that maybe she'll just show up tomorrow. You know, maybe she went to someone else's house for the night to cool off or something. Right. Because she was upset. Um, but. You know, they wake up the next morning and Mercedes has not come back. Right. Um, so at this point, they like all split up into like pairs to go and just scour South Padre for her. Right. And but they like rotate so that someone is always at her condo in case she comes back or in case she calls or something. Mm-hmm. And so Joe and Buck are paired together and they are at the condo for their shift and they get a call. And it is a scary man's voice
1: on the phone. Essentially, he says that Buck can come give himself up and trade himself for Mercedes and they'll let her go. But he also has to bring Nancy Drew with him. And he's not allowed to tell anyone or bring anyone else. Um, Just him and Nancy and they can trade themselves for, for Mercedes safety.
0: Right. And so Buck immediately is like,
1: well, what are we waiting for? They gave us a location. Yeah, they, they tell him the location. They're like, meet us here at four o'clock, but don't come earlier than that or anything. You know, don't try anything fishy. Come mm-hmm. at this time at this place. Yeah. But that's like hours away. So Buck decides he's going to go early to, to scope mm-hmm. it out.
0: And Joe's like, no, 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 wait. We need to wait for everybody else. Like, we can't just rush off. Like, this is, this is a stupid plan. Like, like, there is no plan. Like, this is dangerous. And Buck's like, well, I'm going. They have Mercedes. So, like, you can sit here if you want. But <laughs> I'm out of here. Right. And so Joe basically, like, has to go with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they go to Abe's bait and tackle, which I think is where
1: they said to go, right? They said go to the pier, yeah. and so Joe's kind of thinking through it. It's like, okay, well, if we only have until this time to go there and we're going to mm-hmm. have the the, the bad guy say something along the lines of, like, you have one minute to meet us at this spot once the clock st- strikes four o'clock or whatever time. Um, so Joe's like, we got to figure out where, and they come to the conclusion that it must be Abe's bait and tackle because it was the closest right. storefront, I guess, to the, the pier that they were supposed to meet at, and we know that, abe has this issue with with buck's family so we assume that abe or someone associated with abe is the the kidnappers
0: yes so yeah so they go to abe's but abe's is closed but then they like hear something in the alley and so they go down the alley and then suddenly joe or buck runs down the alley and joe follows split up
1: to go around the building right
0: right and then suddenly as Joe runs into the alley, someone grabs him by the throat.
1: Mm-hmm. He hears Buck scream somewhere on the other side of the building.
0: hmm And um, he's, like, attacked. And they throw a net over Joe. And then he, they, like, drag him to the pier mm-hmm. and, like, push him into the water in this, like, fishing net. Mm-hmm. But he is able to get out of the net and makes it to the surface. He's okay. He keeps a calm, level head. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he sees them, these two figures, getting what looks like Buck and Mercedes into the cigarette boat and driving off with them. Now we have two kidnappings. Yes. And Buck returns to the condo soaking wet. Joe and everyone Joe, sorry, Joe returns to the condo soaking wet and everyone's like, where were you? You were supposed to be here manning this phone and sticking around here if Mercedes came back. Mm -hmm. And Joe is like, yeah, about that. (laughs) Um, And tells them everything that happened. And they're like, well, what do we do? Because they have no leads at this Mm -hmm. point. Right. They don't know where the kidnappers went. They don't know where they took Buck and Mercedes. But then Joe, yeah, Joe tells them about the kidnappers. He says one was, like, tall, and the other one was, like, kind of smaller and skinny. And But then and then they, like, talk about their, like, what is he after? You know, why is he holding both Buck and Mercedes hostage? And then Nancy says, like, maybe it's to kill us, to get us all. Clearly. <laughs> Yikes. Thanks for that, Nancy. That's real nice. Um, but then, yeah, the police call back, and they're like, hey, did, uh, you know, did you find Mercedes? And they're like, yeah. She showed up just a few minutes ago. Everything's fine. They're like, great. Good to know. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Obviously, they didn't want to tell the police because they didn't want to risk Buck and Mercedes' life. But, right. yeah. Jeez. Um, and then they're like, so what can we do? Like, what's our next option or choice or whatever? And they're like, well, everyone's exhausted. Let's go to bed.
1: So, they go to bed. hmm The next day, they decide they're going to do a stakeout of Abe's shop. And while they're on the stakeout, Frank and Joe are on the roof of the building across the street. Nancy and Ned are in a coffee shop across the way. And they're just kind of watching Abe's shop. But while this is happening, Joe sees Ed, the guy with the trinket van across the street, and goes over to confront him about stealing Iola's keys.
0: Mm-hmm. he yeah he's like yelling at him or kind of he's like insinuating like that he's responsible for all this stuff and Frank is trying to like be like you know cool it cool it <laughs> but eventually he ends up literally attacking Ed well he sees he finds oh, he Iola sees Iola's peace. peace yeah he finds yeah.
1: him he's like well obviously you're the thief you, you're the guy that's been burglarizing everything and goes after Ed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and meanwhile
0: <laughs> Um, Nancy and Ned um, see Rupert Cranston go into Abe's shop. And so they head over there and then they're like outside of the shop and they hear the back door to Abe's shop. So they go around into the alley where they see Rupert and Abe talking, I guess, and they confront them. And Abe Quinones says that they are spies for um, the Buchanans and he threatens them with a knife and then like actually attacks them with the knife. Right. (laughs) Like just goes after Nancy with this knife and she and Ned like have to like fight him off. Right. They end up pushing him into, into the water. (laughs) Right. And so everything, everything's fine. Neither of them are injured. And then meanwhile, back with Frank and Joe, Mm. Joe is attacking Ed Doherty and Frank pulls him off and like makes excuses for for Joe to Ed and ends up telling him like, hey, look, sorry, he's really high strung because his girlfriend's dead. And (laughs) (laughs) he's like, fine, just take the keys. (laughs) He's like, it's fine, it's fine. Just go. I'm sorry, man. Whatever. Like, just get out of here. Um, and so they end up going to to go check on Ned and Nancy at Abe's. And Ned and Nancy are just standing there with, like, a soaking wet Abe Quinonez on the ground or whatever and being like, what took you so long? We had to fight off this guy
1: with a knife. He was supposed to be our backup. Can it's I just funny. say as well how Nancy distracts him, distracts the guy with the knife? <laughs> throws bait in his face (laughs) there's a bag of worms just on the pier i guess and nancy reaches in grabs a clump full of the dirt with the worms in it and throws it in his face and they're able to distract him and push him into the off the pier into the water oh my gosh oh my gosh
0: truly the like fight scenes in this one are excellent oh yeah i just have to say oh yeah excellent fight scenes so they're talking to um rupert And Abe and Abe's like, don't tell him anything, Rupert. But Rupert is like, what's going on? They mentioned that Mercedes is missing. And he's like, wait, what happened to Mercedes? Like, he seems to not know anything about what's going on. And he just tells them like, no, 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 me and Abe aren't involved in any of that. We are talking. We have a plan because we have this new invention called the Ultra Lure which is basically like an ultrasound frequency that will like attract certain types of fish. And they think that this invention is going to make them rich and basically be able to like stick it to the Buchanan. they'll make all this money and basically take over the bait and tackle world, I guess. (laughs) But now it's like,
1: well... Who is the kidnapper then?
0: <laughs> we got nothing. If it's not Abe, like we have no leads. It's not Ed. We, you know, we ruled out Ed Doherty. He had no idea what was going on either. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, what do we do now? And Nancy's like, "Well, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the shipwreck because that is what kicked everything off." Um and so they head back there to look at the wreck. And then when they get there, the boat is like welded shut they're like there's like metal covering like the open spaces in the hull they can't get into it anymore they're like this is a bizarre but it's not well welded so well welded <laughs> it's not welded very well right so they are able to like peel some of the metal back but they can't get it all the way and so ned is going to go back to the boat to get a crowbar to help but as he goes back to the boat suddenly there is an explosion
1: shock waves ripple through the ocean
0: shock waves <laughs> is that book, guys yes. do you get it do you get it yeah. do you get it you got it <laughs> and nancy is like oh, ned and um tries to desperately frantically swim over after him but frank and joe pull her back because multiple bombs
1: start coming now
0: yes and so they're able to like hide behind i guess a coral reef and um until the explosions stop and they swim out and then they go you know to try to find ned but he swims over
1: and turns out to have been okay because he got lost on the way back to the boat so he was actually nowhere near the bomb (laughs) classic ned um (laughs) we do see the cigarette boat though or ned sees it at some point and it's like speeding Mm. away but the
0: thing that I noted from that afterwards, after all the explosions, the explosions accidentally
1: blew <laughs> off the um, world,
0: blew <laughs> all off all the metal that had been welded to the ship. So then they are able to get into the pirate ship, and inside they discover bags full of gold.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's the treasure! It's John Lafitte's treasure. Plastic bags. Yeah, they assume that it's it's Jean mm-hmm. Lafitte's treasure and I'm like okay where where in the 1800s <laughs> did Jean Lafitte find a waterproof bags. plastic bag yeah he didn't have plastic i'm sorry he did not so i didn't i saw through that but yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um, but they that's what they think it is and they're like well we got to get this back to shore so they start to basically walk these bags of loot across the floor of the ocean to shore, Mm -hmm. but they start running out of air. Because
1: their boats exploded now. They have no way to get back to the beach.
0: Right. Um, And so they have to like surface for air because their tanks are empty. But luckily a boat comes by and says, oh, you guys need a ride. We'll hop on. It's not not Bruce, the lifeguard, but a different lifeguard who's like, I'm here to help. And (laughs) um, they're like, oh, good. Thank you or whatever. And they get talking. He starts talking about Bruce. He's basically
1: Bruce's replacement, right? Because right. he just stopped yes, showing yeah. up for work.
0: And he says, oh, I, yeah, I assume he stopped coming because he probably didn't need the money. Because he talks about how Bruce would always wear flashy clothes. He had, like, an expensive watch. So he thinks that he just didn't need the job. And that's why he stopped coming up. Mm-hmm. So starting to make the connection again that he might have been in on this robbery scenario Mm -hmm. so um and also because he was involved in this robbery and then he suddenly went missing he is very likely the dead body that buck saw in this shipwreck because Mm -hmm. as we go to shore We open the waterproof bags and we see that it is in fact not Jean Lafitte's treasure, but all of the stolen goods from Claire's apartment, or Claire's jewelry box, Mercedes's apartment, Jennifer's stolen stuff, stuff from Bucks, Mm -hmm. um, from all of the string of robberies across uh, South Padre. So, it seems as though he and someone else was involved in this robbery, Buck you know, maybe wanted a bigger share of the loot or they got into some argument and whoever Bruce? he was, what did I say, Buck? Yes, hmm. Bruce.
1: <laughs> Sorry, there are a lot of names. There's a lot of people in, in the story one. and they're not all necessary. They're just, anyway. Yeah. So Nancy starts thinking, who's been around when we were talking about the dead body, the coin, who told us about this treasure that we went and looked into in the first place? Any guesses? Whatever happened to... To Roy. Mm-hmm.
0: Roy from Roy's Aquatic World. Oh, Nancy realizes we told him about the pirate ship. He is very, like, everyone's stuff was stolen whenever they go diving. When they come back, their stuff is gone. Right. He knows when people are out of their house for, like, an extended period of time. And he's the one that told them about the treasure. Mm-hmm. To try to get them look chase. on land. Yeah, yeah. So we get it now, but the, but so something doesn't click yet because Nancy realizes that they talked about the body the day after, and by that day the body had already been got was already gone, mm-hmm. so he wouldn't have had time to like move the body. Right. So someone
1: must have tipped him off. He must have some kind of accomplice. And Nancy comes up with her plan. She rushes to a payphone. That's a phone that you use to put quarters into and it lets you call other people <laughs> when, yeah, because, because people don't
0: have cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Nancy calls him and sets up this plan.
1: The pay phone that she runs to is right across from where Roy's aquatic world is. So as she's mm-hmm. on the phone, she can like watch and see what Roy is doing. Mm-hmm.
0: She calls him and she says, Hey, I have your stolen goods and I will give them back to you at Dos Banditos if you bring back Buck and Mercedes, our two friends. Mm -hmm. But first, I want proof of life that Buck and Mercedes are still alive. So you need to get a recording of them saying like the date and the time and then call me back at this number and play me that recording. And then I'll meet you at Dos Banditos at this time. So
1: Nancy's like, I got to stay put at this payphone. Frank and Joe, you know what to do. Get on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Frank, Joe, and Ned. Ned Mm -hmm. is still there, too. We can't forget Ned, Corey. You (laughs) (laughs) can't. They follow Roy, um, and he takes his cigarette
1: boat. Leads them
0: straight to Buck and Mercedes. Mm -hmm.
1: They are on an island. They're on like North Padre Island on this (laughs) island off of the island. Some small, tiny island, I guess.
0: The uninhabited island. Um, And he makes a recording of Buck and Mercedes. And Frank Joe and Ned are, like, hiding in the bushes. And then as he leaves, they come out and they're like, You're rescued! (laughs) (laughs) woo Um, So they rescue Buck and Mercedes from that island. And uh, Roy calls Nancy back and plays the recording for them. And Nancy's like, Okay, you know be it Dos Banditos or B-Square. And, um, but so she doesn't know, she doesn't know if the plan to rescue Buck and Mercedes was
1: successful. Right.
0: Um, So she just kind of has to, you know.
1: Trust that they got him. Follow
0: through. Yeah. Um, So she heads back to the apartment and she is like, okay, well, do I bring, do I bring the stolen goods or do I not bring the stolen, stolen goods basically? Mm -hmm. Like, do I trust that they successfully rescued Buck and Mercedes, or do I plan for the worst in case they didn't and we do have to trade the stolen goods for our two friends' lives, mm-hmm. basically? And she decides
1: to leave the stolen goods behind. Mm-hmm. In a place where the bad guys have already broken into before and it. <laughs> true, true, so true. Could have picked any other spot, Nancy.
0: <laughs> I At this point, I was like, okay,
1: well, she's going to
0: stuff the bags with something and take the bag, like right. stuff the bags and pretend. But she doesn't do that. She just doesn't take them. But Her plan whatever. is to
1: go empty-handed.
0: <laughs> whatever. Um, she gets to Dos banditos, and Bess and George are already there. They don't really know about anything that's going on. They're just on vacation. And she talks to Beth. Beth shows her the necklace that she bought, um, which is a gold necklace that looks just like Taryn's necklace. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, Nancy, it clicks for Nancy. Oh. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes over. She calls. Beth gets distracted by the football playing boys. Yes. <laughs> and goes over to talk to them. And uh, Nancy talks to George and shows her. They look at the softball pictures on the wall. And they see Taryn. Taryn is like in all of the softball team pictures and her full name is there. And it's not Taryn Quinn, it's Taryn Quinones.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So Taryn is Abe's daughter. Right. And that gives her motive because she probably holds a pretty big grudge against the Buchanan family. And she is like perfectly placed to have been Roy's accomplice. And oh yeah, yeah, the day they saw the dead body, they came in here to get
1: dinner and they told Taryn that they had seen a dead body. Right, which gives her reason to go back out there and move the body and drop her necklace coin on the way, which is what Joe found in the water. Yep,
0: all the things are uh, fitting in. So George and Nancy are like standing there and Taryn comes up to them with a tray. She's like, hey guys, what's going on? They're like- we're just waiting on the boys to show up and she's like oh they're outside they asked me to come get you and it's at this moment um nancy and george notice that taryn is holding a gun underneath the tray Mm -hmm. that she's also holding she says come outside let's go so nancy and george follow her which this is just bananas to me Mm -hmm. I now, okay. to be fair, I don't know what I would do if I was confronted with a gun in that situation. I don't know. Maybe I would comply. I just think you're in a crowded restaurant. Right. What is she going to do? Is she going to shoot you in front of everybody? She shoots you in front of everybody. She's going to jail. Right. If you leave with
1: her, she might still shoot you. So, like, just don't. Just don't go. I think her thing was that she didn't know for sure whether or not Ned, oh. Frank, and Joe were actually outside and she's thinking, if I don't go, they're gonna shoot them, but yes outside of that, the smartest thing to do in that situation would have been like, alright, you're gonna kill me right here, cause I'm not going anywhere
0: right, it's like either they shoot you here, or they shoot you somewhere else and if they shoot you here, there are witnesses right. so,
1: don't ever leave <laughs> with somebody, never go to a second never location never go to
0: a secondary location <laughs>
1: but of course we don't know in this right. or nancy doesn't know in this case whether or not they actually do have her friends outside so she feels like she has to risk it to go make sure that they're okay which they're not out there the The boys are not outside it's just roy standing there waiting mm-hmm.
0: and so roy and taryn both get them into the cigarette boat and roy is very ominous, and says, "Oh, we're going to do an old pirate tradition. It's called burial
1: at sea." Mm-hmm. And just Nancy and Georgia here. Bess is still at the restaurant because she's still right. in conversation with the football players. Speaking of Bess,
0: <laughs> so yeah. Meanwhile, we kind of flash back to the restaurant, and we are supposed to just just think that like Bess was just oblivious to all this happening, or whatever. Of course, she wasn't. Freaking Bess. Marvin. Do not underestimate Beth. Hashtag team best. Best <laughs> saves the day. Literally while all this is happening, Beth's watching and she sees Taryn lead George and Nancy off at gunpoint. And she recognizes it as a gun and is like, Oh crap. So she immediately calls nine one one. And as the, and the boys show up and everything. And so she tells them what happens and go, Best Marvin, go best, go best Marvin. (laughs) So saves the day, yeah. Well, not yet. So Nancy and George are still on the boat, Mm -hmm. you know, and Roy's holding them at gunpoint. He's tied them up or bound their hands together or something at this point, and they like get out into the water a certain distance, and and Nancy's like, "Hey, can you untie our hands now? There's nowhere for us to go," and he's like, "Fine," and does that, which I just don't understand.
1: Let me villain monologue you and untie you at the same time.
0: (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, basically he, yeah, he does his little monologue uh, where he describes everything that he got up to. They were asking him about why, like, why he would go after Buck. And he says that he's already killed once. And so, like, killing again is going to be easy. And, like, Mm. that's also why he's going to kill them right now. Um, And it's at this point that, like, Taryn is, like, looking really, like, Unsettled and upset mm-hmm. at all of this. And, you know, she's not happy to be there. And she's like, you know, like, do we have to basically? And he's like, yeah, we do. And then so Nancy and George at this point are kind of like panicking because they're like, well, how are we going to get out of this one? But then there's um, Nancy spots a soda can that had been like rolling back and forth on the bottom of the boat as they have been, you know, driving out to sea. And so she says, oh, well, Can we at least split that soda? We're really thirsty.
1: If you're going to kill us, let us have one last soda. And he's like, of course you can have a soda.
0: (laughs) Um, And so Taryn hands Nancy the soda. And as he's talking, she opens it up and sprays him in the eyes with it. And he drops the gun overboard. And Nancy tackles Taryn into the water.
1: And George just Joseph's throws in himself into the water as well for some reason.
0: I guess solidarity, right? Yeah. You know,
1: like if your friend's going overboard, you're going overboard too. I guess you don't want to stay in the boat with Roy, even though he's I unarmed, know. but still. I know.
0: Um, and then, yes, it is at that moment that Bess's cavalry has shown up, and Ned, Joe, and Frank are there in a boat with a spotlight, and they. Scoop, Nancy, Bess, and a very bedraggled-looking Taryn <laughs> into their boat. Oh. oh. And then they say something really funny where it's like, <laughs> Frank gave Taryn a sharp level glance. You, I think, have a lot of explaining to do, he said. He started the engine, and we have another rat to catch. Ah! And they go after uh, Roy, who I guess at this point has taken off in the cigarette boat. Right. Oh, my gosh. And Nancy says, it was a terrific feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so then we flash forward. They're all at a party. Everything's wrapped up now. They caught Roy. We talk about, you know, why Taryn was involved in all of this and everything. And <laughs> Bess is upset because they the the police quoted her name wrong or like the the newspapers quoted her last name wrong as being melvin instead of marvin Oh yeah (laughs) um but get her
1: proper credit so right for saving the day break
0: (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so frank's kind of like laying it out and talking about how the pieces fell together when you know they found bruce's body it had eventually washed up in brownsville Mm. um and so the police were able to connect roy to bruce's death and basically roy has like a history of crime he was involved in like petty larceny yeah she's so when taryn came in like she basically confesses everything and says that roy killed bruce that roy had had rigged um bucks jet ski had stolen the portuguese men of war from uh rupert cranston Um, and all of that and so she said that she felt bad about it and she wanted to get out of it but she was worried that roy would kill her also
1: he probably
0: would have right 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 and yeah and then we you know we wrap up our mystery with a cute little moment between ned and nancy they're dancing
1: and it's very sweet but that is shockwaves we do notice that Buck and Mercedes have reconciled oh, yeah. and they've decided to be like officially together now. And Nancy <laughs> starts to wonder, you know, maybe all that time on a deserted island it did, did good for their relationship. So maybe Ned will take me to a deserted island.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, but very interestingly,
1: there's no discussion
0: of Frank and Joe yeah. at the end of
1: it. End of story, I guess.
0: I guess. What a good one. <laughs> it was really great it was really great i i loved it i am always surprised by how much plot they're able to fit into such short books it's a lot yeah so much stuff happens y'all as i mean as you heard so
1: anyway I was a little disappointed that we didn't get any actual pirate treasure. That yeah. we don't really get any backstory on the pirate ship or if Jean Lafitte was actually involved in this at any point. I would have loved to find out that Taryn's necklace was real pirate treasure or something like that. But it turns out to be just something that she could have bought at the mall because Bess ends up buying the same one, whatever. But
0: yeah, yeah, pirate treasure was fake, which isn't it always? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you so want to get do we into it? Start, yeah. I mean, gosh. Okay, I guess Francie. We just have to to start with Francie because, I mean, oh, my gosh.
1: So So good moments.
0: Yeah, so throughout the book, she's just, like, constantly fighting her feelings for Frank. Yeah. She is attracted to Frank. She's straight up super attracted to Frank. There's a moment where she says, like, Or, like, I know I'm attracted to Frank, basically, but nothing would ever get in the way of my love for Ned. Would it, though? Which is all well and good, except that, like, after that moment, she continues to talk about how she's so into Frank, or, like, have Mm -hmm. those moments between her and Frank. Right. It's throughout the entire book, and there's no resolution to it. There's no, like, end note where it's like, I'm choosing Ned, or, like, no no resolution no deep discussion nothing like that right just moment upon moment of nancy and frank and so i just don't know why they would put that in there
1: for no reason you know what i mean yeah at least we know it's not all from the games. This was this was oh, yeah. established in the books long ago. <laughs> totally,
0: totally, totally. Let me just read one real great moment from the very beginning. Oh, yes. So, please. Oh, this is, yeah, so this is at the beginning. This is where she talks about her love for Ned. So she talks about why Frank and Joe came after she talked about it for her spring break. Nancy was glad they had decided to come. But as usual, her feelings began tumbling whenever she looked at Frank. There was something about him, something in the intensity of his piercing brown eyes, his magnetic grin, his keen intelligence. Immediately, Nancy felt herself blush. Sitting behind the Hardys was her boyfriend, Ned Nickerson, who had gone along with the boys to the rental agency. She caught a glimpse of him as the old white car swung wide around a taxicab. As he flashed her that familiar easy smile, his soft dark eyes sent a message of love, and Nancy's emotions flipped once more straight for Ned. She knew then that Frank Hardy could never put a dent in her feelings for Ned. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is on page four. That seems like it's putting a dent. There is also a moment. There's also a moment later in the book where, like, Frank whispers in her ear and Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. And of course, she gets super jealous whenever Taryn flirts with him and he seemingly flirts back with Taryn. We talked about that a little bit already. So it's just like littered with frank and nancy moments like Mm. absolutely littered with it and i just don't understand the purpose of this if it's not to like eventually long con or long game us into setting up a future relationship between frank hardy and nancy drew and i don't think that happens does it i don't think it does no which is just a shame which is just a shame like why oh like throughout all of this, like there's so much relationship drama in the Nancy Drew files. That's basically the point of the right. Nancy Drew files. Like Very Ned and Nancy even break up at one point, and like Nancy gets with this other guy. Right. So it would only make sense to me that Ned and Nancy break up for real at like Nancy Drew files end, of <laughs> the end of the Nancy Drew files, or like the book before the end of the Nancy Drew files. Right, and then she gets with Frank. Right, right but we
1: don't have anything like
0: that. Oh, this is what I'm going to start. I'm going to start writing Francie fanfiction.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of it out there. There probably is a lot.
0: I've never read any, but you know y'all please send me your best and your favorite Frank and Nancy fanfictions because I need please. to read them because it's uh, this is honestly my my dream. I love my that. dream.
1: Oh. Yeah, no real resolution there. Not with um like nancy and mercedes's little conflict either or with buck and mercedes we just get this oh oh they're happy in the end they're together officially now did they need to be were they really that good together (laughs) it doesn't seem no i could have done without that
0: right unless buck has finally decided like oh well i guess mercedes is a cooler girl than i thought or i was treating her badly and now i'm reformed kind of a thing which we don't get any exploration
1: of right i mean let's hope Um, that was the case but it doesn't yeah mercedes i think you can do better i'm sorry yeah we do get that nice moment with nancy and mercedes in the car where they both leave on the same page but then later we do have the incident with buck and nancy hugging Mm -hmm. and then mercedes running out but then she gets kidnapped right away and nancy and mercedes do not have any other interaction in the rest of the book and we just see them at the end and they're fine yeah no resolution yeah, that's there. true. This is supposed to be Nancy visiting her friend for spring break. Oh, that is a great point too. Right. No resolution for, for that friendship. Are they, are they back on good terms? We assume so. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. We don't even really get a
0: lot of interaction between Nancy and Mercedes at the beginning. Right. She's always like around, but they never like talk to each other. Right. They talk to Claire. They talk to the other girl there, but like Nancy and Mercedes never talk face to face, one on one, aside from when they talk in the Jeep about Buck. So right. this book doesn't pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> Do we
1: well is oh no No, I'm mean, I gonna say we have scenes with Bess and George, but in that we're talking about hopes that we are over the situation with Buck. <laughs> right.
0: Sometimes, yeah. I think I think there are probably moments where Nancy talks to I mean she talks to Taryn
1: about actually I don't even know that she does. Yeah. So in the Bechdel test, we do have to have two women having a conversation with each other about something other than a man.
0: But mm-hmm. I'm going to add
1: a new role for that just for Nancy Drew. Also something about other than a murder. <laughs> so it's <if>, like...
0: <laughs> or a mystery.
1: The only conversation we have with Taryn is about Frank or about, hey, Taryn is going to lead you away now with a gun to kill you. I don't think either of those should count. That doesn't count. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The murder Bechdel test. <laughs> For mysteries only.
1: Right. The mystery doesn't count as an, another topic. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talk about shopping, but that's a little too stereotypical for me. Like, no, mm-hmm. oh, Bess doesn't want to go diving. because She'd rather go to the mall. Oh Stop making gosh. fun of Bess. Let her go to the mall. So she true. She am not want to go look at dead bodies with you. Oh, my gosh, though. I was
0: so happy. I was so happy that finally, finally, Bess gets some recognition. Yes. And gets, you know, gets to shine. She, we think, oh, it's so good because Peter, our, uh, our author, Peter Larengus really sets us up to think that Bess is just flirting with these football guys. Then of course we believe it because this whole time it's Bess has been, you know, characteristic Bess. Boy crazy, shopping, laying on the beach. Like that's been Bess's life. Right. So, of course, we don't think that Bess is like paying attention to this mystery at all. And so we're like, oh, great. Nancy and George are on their own. And then we get it. It Bess was paying attention the whole time, everyone. She was paying attention the whole time. She saw everything. And then she immediately jumped into action. She immediately called 911 Mm -hmm. as soon as they were gone and immediately tells Ned and Frank and Joe what happened. Right. I mean, literally we've talked about, we talked about this before in clue in the crumbling wall, I think where uh, Nancy and George haven't made it back to the car from like being trapped in the castle or whatever. And best like Jumps jumps in the bad guy's car to try to help, George and Nancy. And I mean, it's just we write off best continually, book after book, we write off best. But when you need Beth Marvin, Beth Marvin doesn't hesitate, man. <laughs> yes. Hashtag Team Beth. Team Beth.
1: Oh. She's just so good. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what were we talking about? I got distracted. I don't know, best bye bad. The only topic that matters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. No, I think we were talking about um how Nancy and Mercedes never talked like throughout the
1: whole Get no resolution to that conflict when it was a yeah. central conflict of the soap opera that gets started yeah. for the purposes of the mystery.
0: Yeah, that is that is a shame. That is a shame. And also, like, it's just such a good opportunity. And now, I mean, fair, like, they have a great conversation when they're in the Jeep. And I think that is, like, a great moment to, like, see women supporting women mm-hmm. and, like, not being, like, jealous of each other and in competition with each other or whatever. But, yeah, it would have been a great opportunity to, like, highlight friendship, yeah, and like you know, conflict between friends and how like that is like successfully resolved, and it wouldn't have taken that much space, right? To be like, oh, you know, Nancy and Mercedes had a moment at the beginning of the book, in the middle of the book, and then at the end of the book, that's all you need, right? Needed, <laughs> and you know, little
1: end caps, and then the conflict in the middle. That's all you would have needed, but mm-hmm. yeah. So what a shame. Hmm. I would have liked to see that time on the deserted island give Mercedes mm. some clarity and help her realize, hey, Nancy's the true friend here. I should stick with her and just just be done with Buck because he's been dragging me around for no reason, leading me on, and treating me like garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the true resolution we would have needed. He doesn't get, deserve to end up with Mercedes in the end because he doesn't treat her very well the entire story. Yeah. He doesn't treat anybody
0: really well. Honestly, he doesn't treat Nancy well, even when he is like after her. He leaves her in the dust when they are scuba diving. Right, which is dangerous, not to mention just like rude. Right, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's not a great guy. Yeah. So let's talk about Buck a little bit more because Buck Buchanan. Yeah. He has a condo or no, sorry, he has a beach house that he explicitly talks about at the beginning as being paid for and furnished by his parents. Of course, we get all the information from Rupert Cranston as to this, that they are both from oil families. Mm -hmm. And of course that means they're wealthy. And so, and also, you know, Buck talks about like his watch, like he, he has a lot of money. Yeah. So, and also like, Mercedes we talk about Mercedes a little bit too and Mercedes has a condo but it's described as being her family's condo right family has this condo in South Padre and she is staying there not to be fair that is still a luxury that a lot of people don't have just have like a beach condo right but the house that Buck has is described as being Buck's house and his parents bought this house or you know had this house and gave it to them and furnished it for him and all that stuff. So Buck is like next level rich. He right. also has a jet ski. Like he, and he doesn't care when Joe crashes it. He's like, it's whatever, man, don't worry about paying me back. I'm kidding. New jet ski
1: any day. Don't you worry.
0: <laughs> right. So he also buys Nancy a lot, a lot of flowers, which let me tell you all is very. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the class class is still very present in this um too yes honestly there's not a single character in this aside from the criminals who are not wealthy Taryn and Abe Quinones are the only people oh and maybe Ed Doherty I guess oh yeah but we don't even really know I mean he has his own business once really yeah so like he could be doing fine you know we don't know the only people who we are like who is obviously classed differently are Taryn and Abe and they're the, well, supposedly the bad guy. Taryn is the bad guy, quote unquote. But right. Abe also is not a good guy. He tries to attack Nancy and Ned with a knife. So I just think that's problematic. Just inherently right. problematic that the poor people are criminals and the rich people are the ones who are being preyed upon. Come on. right? right. Come on. What fantasy world is this?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. Oh. <sighs> I mean, okay, first of all, well, not to to victim blame here, but, I mean, technically, there are the victims in this. Why bring a a diamond bracelet to the beach for spring break? (laughs) uh, (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, for real. No,
0: I mean, she does say, I think... Someone says that to her. She makes a point that, like, her mom always tells her that she needs to lock it up in like a bank, or, like a safety deposit box or something. But she says that she doesn't think that beautiful things should be
1: left alone in the cold to rot, basically. She thinks she, she wants to use it. So, which is totally fair, but like, <laughs> wear it to a nice event, not to the beach. To the beach. Oh, man. Yeah, it's
0: not the smartest it's not the smartest move.
1: Or don't bring your savings bonds
0: on vacation with that you. That was bizarre to me too. <laughs> and she kept them in her jewelry box. Like why why you're traveling with savings bonds?
1: What is going on? I mean, maybe we can assume that Claire and Kristen live in this condo but it 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 seemed well and again they didn't explain a lot of this very well we just kind of Mm -hmm. pick up along the way that oh yeah i guess nancy is there for spring break they don't just outright say nancy's visiting her friend mercedes for spring break it's like nancy arrives with this girl that she knows and her name is mercedes anyway Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean we know that mercedes is from texas because she explains a few stereotypical texas things to nancy but we don't know specifically that she's living in South Padre, she might be going to college elsewhere and her parents just happened to own this condo there. But again, it's not really clear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, The vibe that I got, I definitely got the vibe that like, this is a, like, this is a family vacation property and her mm-hmm. parents are letting her use it for vacation right. uh, for spring break and letting her friends stay there. And they let her friends stay there every year for spring break.
1: It's like a thing.
0: Right. So, I don't think that they stay there full time or at least if I don't think Mercedes does.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to assume they, they go to college elsewhere and they've all come to spring break in South Padre. Right.
0: Cause her parents, her parents aren't there. There's right, no mention right. of her parents. Right. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure real estate in South Padre would have been a lot cheaper back in the eighties. It's true. It's not anymore. It's very expensive no. now no yeah oh
0: anyway I just think I just think it's interesting to note that again Nancy works for the wealthy people and not to say that like you know obviously Roy and Taryn they did bad things and are bad people right but like <laughs> the set, the setup is always the same in that wealthy people are portrayed as being the good people and the poor people are the one being portrayed as the bad people. And Nancy works for the quote unquote good people who just happen to always be rich. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I just think <laughs> it's just important to just, just make a little note of that in the back of your head. Not that we can't enjoy it still, right, right. but just important to notice it that very there are prominent. certain assumptions. It's very right. prominent, mm-hmm. especially in this one. I just think that like, like these are rich college kids on spring break mm-hmm. and and yeah they get their stuff stolen and that's not cool and yeah of course people are trying to kill buck and that's definitely not cool right. that's definitely not cool but like
1: not being rich doesn't excuse murder i mean
0: right and also just like yeah like you were saying like theft at like in like a beach town like and like A spring break situation is common Mm -hmm. and it just seems like they don't they treat themselves as being like special (laughs) and somehow exempt from having to deal with like a what seems to be like a lower class issue Mm -hmm. of property theft you know what i mean right like normally they wouldn't have to deal with that and so when it does happen they freak out about it more and so it's like well but like this is somewhat normal and no it shouldn't happen right and Mm -hmm. yes it is illegal and yes you should report it and yes it's fair to be like upset and try to get justice of course but like also like (laughs) it's just such a privileged position to be in Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to call it out yes but so you also mentioned something, and I mentioned it too, is that, yes, these are supposed to be college students. And you mentioned earlier, like, why is Nancy talking about going on spring break if she's not in college? Right. She wouldn't have a spring break. So my theory is that she is in college. And Maybe she is. She is, because we talked about this on Two Points to Murder 2. She talks about, like, going back to school. Oh, this feels like going back to school so she's been in school so like we get, and we get multiple little like just like phrases dropped here and there that mm-hmm. like i feel like supports the theory and this is just another one that nancy is in fact in school we just aren't told anything about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know that brings me to um there is a nancy drew on campus series of course um, yeah And I don't actually, I don't really remember reading that one, but I know about it. I have like just a couple of those books, but I don't, I don't remember if Nancy actually is in college in that one, but it seems like she must be if the title of it is Nancy Drew on campus. So potentially, I don't know if that's supposed to be like an alternate universe series or if it's just supposed to be like Nancy Drew, like after the Nancy Drew files. I wonder when they were
1: published. Hold up, Let me look. I wonder what her major was.
0: Oh my gosh. Criminal psychology. I hope so. Okay. Yes. So they were in fact published after the Nancy Drew files. So they were published from 1995, between 1995
1: and 1998. So directly after the files ended, right? Directly after the files ended. Oh, Should so excited. Our hands on those next. So excited. There is also that, I don't know if it was a movie. I think it was a made for TV movie. The yes? one with Maggie <gasps> hey! Lawson. Corey. She's in college in that, isn't she? That is my favorite
0: Nancy Drew adaption.
1: Really? Yes. I haven't watched it in so long, but I remember loving it.
0: I oh I love now now there's okay. Let me sorry. <laughs> I didn't get into my quote unquote opinions about Nancy Drew adaptions. I can't keep them to myself. So okay. there's a lot that you can say about like the setup, like the premise of that made for tv movie because nancy actually plays like a reporter in that situation for college paper whatever but maggie lawson's portrayal of nancy drew is just the best like the best nancy drew i've ever i've ever seen no like no shade to any other nancy drew no shade to kennedy mcmahon i think that she's a great cast for nancy drew also Mm. but maggie lawson i i I just can't get over it. She was a and choice. a lot of it has to do with how she was written in that in that movie. I just think like all of the lines they gave her, like the quippiness, but with the same like kind of like quiet determination, I just oh, I stand a Maggie Lawson, Nancy Drew.
1: So if you I haven't guess. seen that made for TV movie, I highly, highly recommend it. It's mm-hmm. great. I know that there was also that TV show in the nineties, but I'm not sure what the premise is. I don't know if they make her a college student or I don't know. We'll find out someday, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I don't really remember that one very well. I feel like I've seen a couple episodes of that, but I don't really remember watching it that much either. So we'll have to find
1: out. Yeah. Well anyway, what else about shockwaves?
0: Um, let's see. I do think it's funny. It was there's always such an iconic Nancy moment when she goes on vacation where she's like, okay, this is just for vacation. I'm so happy to just be on vacation, not investigating any crime. And literally, let me bring it up. So this is after some of the thefts, but like this is after they had like decided to like drop it, basically, because Joe had found the treasure and was like, okay, well, Iola's keys are gone. I'm never getting them back. They probably threw them away. It's fine. Um, and so... Nancy is like getting ready in the bathroom the next morning and she says it definitely felt good not to be thinking about crime and intrigue does it though Nancy and then immediately the sentence after that Nancy dropped her hairbrush when she heard a piercing scream from the courtyard (laughs) so it's like oh it's so nice to be relaxing (laughs) Nancy help (laughs) that's <laughs> so funny poor nancy nancy really can never catch a break she never gets a week right. off oh man yeah honestly that's really all i have to say about it is just this, this best saves the motherfucking day like she best counts. is the badass best deserves all of our love and adoration and respect and everyone should just bow down to the queen i mean i agree honestly
1: just to wrap it up you know mm-hmm. <laughs> If everyone had just listened to Bess and gone shopping, none of this would have happened, for real. Because the only reason the kidnappings occurred is because Buck happened to see the, the dead body. body. Yeah, they had never gone
0: to freaking Roy's Aquatic World. Never went diving.
1: Mm-hmm. Decided
0: to just chill out with Bess. Everything would be fine. Nancy would have gotten her vacation. Just
1: saying. Yeah. So, what's what flashlight score would you give this, Corey? Oh, I'm going to give it a four and a half because I love the pirate treasure theme going on through it. It does lose a little bit of a point for the confusion at the beginning with so many people. Right. What about you? Yeah,
0: I agree. That's the perfect score. I would also give it a four and a half, four and a half flashlights. I love it so much because of the Francie stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't love it because, yeah, the names were confusing. The creepy stuff with Buck and Nancy kind oh, of a yeah, little bit like put
1: me off. And the drama between nancy and mercedes was just mm-hmm. it could have been done better
0: yeah um but otherwise perfect perfect really mm-hmm. absolutely perfect i think i will score any book that has frank hardy in it highly i just <laughs> i just will as you should fair enough
1: and it's our first mystery in texas it's
0: yes. just nice it was nice it was very nice it's a very nice read definitely
1: recommend mm-hmm Should we talk about our next one then?
0: Sure. So we are going to return to the Nancy Drew files. Mm -hmm. We're going to hop back over to some of the earlier ones and take a look at Smile and Say Murder, Mm -hmm. case number four.
1: So join us then.
0: Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at drew and Twitter at
1: regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $1 level receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular
0: Drews out there,
1: thanks for listening.